I know robo-advisors are on the rise and many of you guys have some cash in them. Truth is, I'm actually pretty supportive um, on a broad perspective, but I've observed some real challenges that may cause retail investors a little bit of a problem, especially when you're not attuned with investment. So I thought today we'll spend some time to share with you some potential pitfalls and problems you may face when interacting with robo-advisors uh, to manage your finances and investments. Uh, but I have to say that I do believe most traditional financial advisors will perish if they do not set up their own digitalization or some sort of platform to be riding on. So yeah, welcome home. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And today, we're going to spend some time to talk about the potential pitfalls of using robo-advisors. Okay, before I go deep to discuss some of the problems that I've observed with retail investors using robo-advisors, I must be very, very clear that I'm actually pretty supportive of them in general because I find it hard, you know, to replicate what they're doing at the fees that they're charging, right? Because they are so tech-enabled, they have a much bigger reach and they can provide a much better service because of all these tech processes that they've built. They don't need the middle office, they don't need the back office, very limited, very lean kind of operation that allows them to essentially, you know, engage customers and acquire customers at a much cheaper cost so they can charge you this kind of minuscule <laughs> advisory fees or management fees, you know, for the kind of quality of investment perspective and advice and strategies that they can provide to you today, right? So whether you are, you know, entry-level new guy or you're relatively seasoned, you know what you're doing, um, I do think they provide pretty quality kind of service and advice, you know, generally. Okay, one thing that a lot of people would love to believe, right, is that they are unique and they are special, right? Most people want to believe that, wow, I'm special, I'm the only one out there. But actually, many people's financial realities are pretty generic, right? If you subscribe to the narrative of like going to school, getting a job, buying a flat and setting up a family, you don't have amazing kind of career progression. You're not like a huge business tycoon or you don't have like a very big medical situation and whatnot. Generally, you don't have seven kids, eight kids, ten kids, right? Generally, your financial situation, it's pretty generic, very similar to uh, many other people, right? And as much as you would like to believe that you're special or as much as uh, some of your advisors want to make you feel like you're special, actually you're not. So if you're extremely generic, you subscribe to the narrative, which is not a problem, then... Actually, a lot of these kind of platforms and um, digital services, they, they allow you to get that exact same thing that you need for much, much cheaper costs. So generally, I think it is good price for the quality you're getting. And for everyone else that do not know how some of the traditional, the quote-unquote traditional financial advices, like the human ones are, uh, 
How do they manage your money? Essentially, after you sign up with them, you give them the account and whatnot, they will set up an account on the back end, right? So on the back end, they have all these kind of wholesale services, which generally they're using either AXA or they're using FSM1, right? Which you can have direct access through iFast already these days. But what is interesting is they will literally go to all these back end and click for you. And a lot of them do not know what they're clicking. Okay, I'm not saying everyone, uh, but because my view is because they are so trained with sales and insurance and product and engaging clients. Most of them do not really know about investments. It's very hard for them to know. So they will end up rehashing what the agency tells them. And I'm not sure how well do agencies know about investments because their incentive system is really about transaction volume and you know the kind of traders kickback. Alright, so uh, it's a very complex discussion. I'm not pointing fingers at who, but if you compare the human advisors out there and the kind of investment advisors in these kind of robo companies, you realize that, yeah, you know, for the amount of money that you're paying, you're getting a much, much uh, better investment guy, okay? But uh, let's let the thesis play out because, of course, the investment guys in these robo-advisor companies generally are a lot more seasoned, but this whole arrangement of using robos is still very new. So let's see how things play out. So given that most people have very generic requirements and robo-advisors give you a bang for your buck, I'm pretty supportive of them. But I do observe some problems. And one of the main problems, right, people actually have a perception that they know how to invest after they use robo-advisors. So recently, when I visit um, cafes, you know, I hear every table talking about investing. I'm like, wow, everyone, I'm like a pro. Everyone talking about investments. Like, you and your date go out, you hang out, but you don't want to talk about life, you talk about investments. Yeah, I, I was trying very hard not to join into their conversations. Lah, but, you know, this is a semi-career kind of thing. So, I was, you know, pretty focused on, on their discussion. And a lot of the discussion is pretty shallow from my perspective because they're just talking about the robots. They're talking about, like, the different, different platforms. And they all make it sound like, oh, I know how to choose this. You know, I, I know how to invest. You know, I, I know my thing. But if you really understand this thing, you need to recognize that when you're using a robo-advisor they are the one making the investments for you. You have not done anything but choose the robo, right? So unless you have went in to look at their investment theses and understand actually what they're doing, um, what is their strategy, what are you signing up for, for most people, right, sorry to say, you don't actually know how to invest. You just have made a better decision relative to finding a human advisor, in my view. Okay, because the cost here is cheaper and the user interface is better and whatnot, right? So I think you've made a better choice in that sense. I'm not recommending you any guy. I'm not going to name any names. But the general idea here is that you don't know how to invest. For most people, most people that I interact with, you don't actually know how to invest. And it's perfectly okay. You can just pick your advisor. It's the same idea. Now, I don't recommend people to pick their own ETFs. I don't recommend people to, you know, do their own stocks. You know, I think there is a small subset of people that will do great and potentially can do it. But for many other people that it's just not sufficiently vested in personal finance or becoming an investor, then pick your robo-advisor and let them do their magic and go and live your life right but, but don't ever think that you know how to invest just because you have picked a quote-unquote better robo-advisor
Which brings me to point number two, and that is there are so many robo-advisors out there, and, and okay, there will be more to come, I can almost guarantee you that of different sizes, not every robo-advisor will be that big dominant one. But what is interesting is with the easy access to your portfolio, it actually makes it very hard for you to hold long-term, okay, from a psychological standpoint. And I will come back to you after a word from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, okay, in the past, right, you don't actually get easy access to your portfolio. Like your money is locked up somewhere, right? Whether is it an investment link plan, a unit trust, or you use a banker, your broker, whatever. For most people, the money just kind of gets siphoned out as a portion of your income and it goes somewhere and it gets locked up there. And it grows and grows. Supposedly, it grows and grows, huh? Uh, but these days with robo-advisors, um, you get direct access Right, you're just a face scan, you're just a password away, you know, to interact with your portfolio. So you can go in and day in day out, you can see the numbers. It, it gives you that kind of dopamine interaction that you have with every other app, like a tweet, like a Facebook thing. It's the same, right? So random notifications are also a problem. But what is interesting is a lot of robo-advisors, they actually use very long-term strategies, right? Even the quote-unquote more actively managed ones are not that active, right? They predominantly share with you things like index funds, ETFs, and broad-based strategies, right? Broadly diversified. Most of the robo-advisors are pushing this idea. What does that mean? It means that you probably shouldn't be actively interacting with your portfolio. You want time to play out. You want your portfolio to grow over an extended period of time, five years, 10 years, at the very least. For most of these robo-advisors, their strategies require that kind of long-term play, five years, 10 years, 20 years. You know, it's no different from a lot of what the um, human advisors, their kind of timeline that they were recommending. But why I think robo is better, it's because like, smarter people managing investments. Lah, but if you think about it, it's the same kind of investment timeline that people are going for. So when you have an app that gives you that kind of dopamine rush where everybody can just scan and interact and immediately be there, it becomes very hard for you to stay to this strategy. It becomes very hard for you to stick to your portfolio. I've talked to enough of these investment managers in the robos to know that when the market moves, they see cash outflow. So when the market moves, in the sense that when the market's going down, they see cash outflow. I don't know the exact numbers, but that is what they tell me, right? So when you recognize that, then you realize that, eh, it becomes very hard because you're timing the market. You're trying to, you know, leave when the market is, is not doing well and then you want to come back in. So then you don't subscribe to the long-term strategy anymore. So you fail the long-term holding strategy, right? And this is a very, you know, real reality when you have easy access to your portfolio, just a click away. So what I would recommend you to do is to turn off all your robo-advisors notification, you know, or generally I turn off most of my notifications. But if you, what's the best? The best is you choose your robo-advisor, you go in, you click, you set up your portfolio and then you delete that app. 
So you don't even give the robo-advisor any kind of way to interact with you on a day-to-day live basis or on a push notification basis. The reality is if something is going off, is big enough, you will see it somehow. It will happen on Instagram, it will happen on Facebook, it will happen somewhere, right? If it's that big. If not, most of the time, it is it is just a media going through their news cycle. You don't need to care about it. So set and, you know, delete it and go and live your life. So then, it will give the time, 5 years, 10 years, for these robo-advisors to play out their investment plan because most of them, in fact, I think like I can safely say 99% of all of them, maybe there's just one guy weirdo in the market, I don't know yet, but 99% of all these robo-advisors are recommending you very long-term, broadly diversified strategies. But the medium of digital interaction does not help you with staying with this strategy because you get all these, you know, media and dopamine and all those kind of things, right? So make sure you recognize this, set and delete it off your notification, go and live your life and let the strategy play out. Which brings me to point number three. Many of their portfolios, right? Many of these portfolios recommended by your robo-advisors actually a lot more complicated than it seems, you know? Um, so I'm not saying whether is it good or bad, okay? Like these kind of portfolios with thematic ETF, cyclical repositioning, broadly diversity, etc. All these are just strategies. Essentially that they believe in, uh, the investment manager believes that this is the best way forward. That's why they do it this way, right? So I think um, their investment portfolios are relatively sound. There are bases to it. Why? How do I determine if something is sound? Because there's rigor, there's basis to it and you know, the, the, the thing is intact, right? And it's a bit hard for me to tell you everything at once but the idea is very much linked to the kind of quality of investment advice that comes along with the quality of the investment manager. So, which is why over time, you just really just pick an advisor based off their investment ideas and their portfolio strategies, right? That's the best idea, right? In the retail space. To be able to learn enough, sufficient, so that you can go and pick someone that shares your ideology or you understand what they're saying and then they can manage your money. But... What is happening in the market today is a lot of the robo-advisors, they are selling you with a few themes. Easy to use, safe, regulated by MAS, fast and highly accessible and digital interface, very nice UI, UX and promo code, all these kind of things, which are not exactly a problem if you are running a shopping app, right? (laughs) Okay, these are like generally all the app businesses, they will do these kind of things, marketing, right? But I feel that it is not particularly acceptable for people to put money into robo-advisors without understanding their investment strategies and just focusing on the UI, the the safe, regulated by MAS, easy to use, easy to onboard, and promo code, all these kind of things, right? So, while I am broadly supportive of robo-advisors as a, you know, a, a broad climate shift, you know, leveraging our technology to make things better, cheaper for all of us, I caution us, you guys out there, to remember to look beyond all those low-level marketing taglines of easy-to-use, safe, regulated by MAS, promo code, you know, onboarding UI, blah, 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 and actually look at their investment strategies to understand the different robo-advisors based on what they are doing with your money, right? Fundamentally, the main service that they are providing you is investments. It is not a nicer UI. It's not a shopping app, okay? So, (laughs) it is no different from evaluating a human FA. You need to understand what they are doing. You need to understand what they are saying, right? And for every one of you that is not 
particularly vested with being very good at investing, picking your own stocks. You know, I feel that at the very core of my heart, I feel that you should still learn basic things like how to evaluate index funds, you know, um, what are the risks of theme funds, um, how do you understand bonds, some basic understanding before you put your money with whoever. Right, don't be in a rush. I know there's this whole like long-term compounding thing going on, but at some point you need to realize that <laughs> it's better to understand what you're doing than just rush into something because long-term compound law, right? So I'm going to sum up today with the three biggest problems I observe with robo-advisors. Number one is the perception that you actually know how to invest. Recognize that you are outsourcing the investment work to someone. While it seems like you are making the choice, it seems like you are clicking, choosing the app, you know, picking the portfolio. It seems like you are doing the work. Actually, you are not. You are just outsourcing it to someone else. Okay, you recognize this. Number two is the easy access to portfolio actually makes it very hard for you to hold long term because of dopamine rush, because of media cycles. So once you have decided what portfolio, which investment um, robo-advisor to use, set it, forget it, delete the app, or at least turn off you know, your notification. And number three is that many of these portfolios are actually a lot more complicated than it seems. So look beyond low-level marketing tagline and actually go and study a little bit of what they are trying to do, right? Study index funds, study bond funds, understand the major ETFs out there and you will have a much better basis to evaluate which robo-advisor to use. Fundamentally, they are managing your money. They are not selling you an app. Okay? So I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time out to better your life with Financial Coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or notes of people that you want to hear more from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I hope you recognize what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that robots are bad, but yeah, really understand that, you know, you may not know what you're doing and robo-advisors um, have, do have some very real pain point from, a, from the way we interact with them. I think um, also because it's very new, you know, in terms of like the way we invest our money. It's a whole new way to look at things. So yeah, pretty challenging in its own sense. Uh, but yeah, next week um, is the extra 
Tuesday of the week. Like, wow, I didn't know. I only prepared four weeks content. And then there's one more week. <laughs> one more week in this month. So next week, I'm going to spend a little bit of time to talk about finding peace in um, the digital finance um, ecosystem, right? Because it is an era where finance will be increasingly digital and increasingly at the touch of your fingertip. So how do you find peace, you know, in such a dynamic situation, right? Money, investments and money in general used to be very far-flung from our lives, right? It's not it's not part of our lives. Um, not as close, you know, as compared to what it is today. So then how do we find peace in this highly dynamic and digital era of finance, right? That will be what we're going to talk about next week. Um, the guests for later this week, uh, we're not decided yet. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Bye. <laughs>